Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm your host, Rebecca Kinnestrand. Do you consider yourself spiritual but non-religious? Agnostic? Or maybe you grew up in a church but don't believe what you were taught there anymore? This podcast exists in that space between all-in or all-out religion. Join us in asking questions that challenge the notions of Christianity. Hi, welcome to Challenging Christianity. This is Rebecca Kinnestrand and Daniel Dudashi's with me, your hosts. In-house, we have Pastor Mike Anderson to discuss some holiday stuff. It's the holidays, people. It's that time of year. <laughs> I have Christmas music on in my radio. Me too. I know. Well, we're we're recording before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. so I'm wondering if the Christmas music is a little bit too premature. It's a very divisive <laughs> subject. People feel very strongly. I love it. I'm actually putting up my tree before Thanksgiving because we're going to be gone. And by the Me time too. I get back, Me it's too. like so late this year. I'm not a big Thanksgiving person. What? I don't care for it. And to How be honest, you? I don't know much about it. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I love Thanksgiving. I like the turkeys. I like the pumpkins, all of that stuff. So, but we're not here to talk about that. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about Thanksgiving and how it relates to spirituality. I made the mistake, and Uh you did too, apparently, of talking to Pastor Mike. (laughs) Before the podcast, well, because the question I get a lot when I say that I'm going to a Thanksgiving Eve worship service at my church Mm. is, why? Why? What does the church have to do with Thanksgiving? It's a secular Mm, holiday. Get your religion out of my... (laughs) Out of my turkey. Out of my turkey. (laughs) Get your religion out of my turkey. And I kind of always thought they were right in that. I always thought of Thanksgiving as a secular holiday. Yes. I even, I was even like, okay, with Christmas, I'm not even sure it was right for the children to be off school Mm -hmm. because I was like, well, Christmas I get is religion, but you know, Thanksgiving not. But we were apparently totally wrong. Pastor Mike, do you want to straighten us out? Well, you want to talk about Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving first. first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most people know the story that pilgrims coming over from England to settle in New England, and they're the ones who celebrated the first Thanksgiving, although there was another competing Thanksgiving in Jamestown, and the people from Jamestown, Virginia, oh. actually claimed the first Hold Thanksgiving. Hold on, we've got some children who are <laughs> who are going to preschool, and they're yelling in the hall. They're singing. I don't know if you can all hear that. I'm sure they can. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. It's It's gorgeous. Okay. Okay, I think they're done. Yes. Yeah. Keep moving. Yeah. All right. Back to Thanksgiving and the pilgrims and New England. Um, that was the first Thanksgiving, although the people in Jamestown, Virginia say their Thanksgiving was the first one. Mm. And in the one in New England, in the Massachusetts area, it was the Indians and the pilgrims coming together to celebrate a time when they had enough food to eat because food was scarce. Yeah. But it was very right. much a religious holiday. Hmm. at the time. It was not a secular holiday at all. It was thanksgiving to God for the bounty of the earth, both in Jamestown and in New England. Hmm. In fact, that was a tradition in early America, the colonial period and the early days of our United States, is that days would be set aside by government to celebrate thanksgiving and give thanks to God. So even though we live today in a very divided world between secular and sacred, between church and state, not so back then. It was much more mixed together. Right. So Thanksgiving was a religious holiday, and the official Thanksgiving that we celebrate today on the third or fourth Sunday in Thanksgiving. Fourth fourth Thursday. The the fourth Thursday in November was set aside by Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War, and it was a day of Thanksgiving 
for the bounty that people received and for an end to the war. It was a, mm. a religious appeal by Lincoln to say prayers to God for Thanksgiving and for the end of the war. Was that in 1864? 63, Three. I think it okay. may have been. Maybe either 63 or 64. That's very good. I can't when remember did which. He, when did, was he shot? Actually? In 65. 65, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. yeah, so that was in April, on Good Friday, I think. Really? Wow. Of that year. So mm -hmm. there are religious roots to Thanksgiving. And really, the aberration is today we have turned our holidays, not just Thanksgiving, but almost all of our holidays, into secular affairs. Right. And you, know, you go well, back, back to Halloween, and mm -hmm. Halloween was originally the holy evening. That's where we get the word hallowed eve, the holy evening, mm -hmm. before All Saints Day. And way back to the Middle Ages, it was a very religious time. We've right. turned it into a secular time where we can sell lots of candy and costumes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is what Thanksgiving is now becoming also. It's much mm -hmm. less a give thanks for the bounty of the earth and more a time to indulge ourselves as we can with yeah. lots of food and lots of football. I mm -hmm. think the only, the really good part is that it tends to bring people together. It does. So mm -hmm. that is kind of still a good meld. I would say that, well, when you talk about it being religious, of course now I think, well, it's almost the opposite now. I would think that in those days there were few things that were secular. It was actually wrong to be secular. You wouldn't do something that was out of line. Is that True? Yeah, I think that's very true. Um, when I grew up in southern Minnesota, um, my little town, at least 95% of the population went to church, mm -hmm. were part of a church. Mm -hmm. Now, here in Pacific Northwest, about 5% of the population goes to church. Right. So it's a very different environment now compared to the past. And um, where I grew up was at the tail end of what our society had been before that. For right or wrong, because there are lots of you know connections between church and state that were in, are and were inappropriate. Mm -hmm. um, but the Thanksgiving holidays, Christmas holidays, Halloween, all started out as religious holidays and have become secular. Interesting. So Thanksgiving, well, we go around, we try to say thanks. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you don't do Thanksgiving. I do Thanksgiving. Um <laughs> This year, don't tell me you do. I know the truth now. <laughs> well, it's a little different. I'll be doing it with mostly Iranians, okay. so it's a little Thanksgiving Iranian style. Well, there will be tadik and and Greek yogurt and whatnot, but it's still Thanksgiving. We still talk about what we're thankful for. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I can't speak from that perspective of an immigrant who's coming from a non-Christian because my husband's an immigrant, but he came from a Christian culture. So, but yet. They don't celebrate Thanksgiving in Sweden. He has almost no ties to this holiday whatsoever. My my dad really likes the holiday, I think, because he sees it as a secular holiday, and he's not a religious person at all. Mm. So maybe if I told him, he would say he would not like Thanksgiving anymore. <laughs> no, no, I figured it's still a time to take the day off. It's still a time to be with family and to break bread, essentially. Right? That's kind of at the root of it. I can see people coming together for that. There is a, a religious connection here back to even the time of Jesus, the time of the um, Jewish people way before Jesus. There were a series of Thanksgiving times of the year. Um, in fact, the springtime Pentecost festival was a Thanksgiving festival uh, for the spring wheat harvest. Mm. And so that was built into the religious system way back before Jesus' time. Mm. And Jesus' meal at Passover, which has become our communion, 
was called the Thanksgiving meal. Mm -hmm. uh, the Greek word is Eucharist. And so that was to be a meal every week where people would celebrate and give thanks to God for the bounty of life and all the things that we have and God's presence in our lives. So there are you know, connections of Thanksgiving, our holiday in November, all the way back to the ancient Hebrew I don't think of Thanksgiving as an ancient Hebrew holiday no, at all. No, I think of it as an American turkey tradition pilgrim mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. So here at, at our church, we do a night before Thanksgiving worship service. Is that a, is that a common tradition among, among churches? I had never heard of it before. Actually, I only knew about it because you said it today. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I grew up with Thanksgiving worship services, so oh. I, I'm surprised that you hadn't heard of these things before. No, never have heard of Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah. Mm -mm. It's very popular in our congregation. We fill up the church on Thanksgiving Eve to I celebrate. Think so. yeah. yeah. Well, and it's it's followed by pie night, so. <laughs> That's very popular, too, I'm sure. <laughs> the old guys do pies brings people in, too. Guys do yeah. pies. Oh, what do you, what is the mass about? What do you, is it, what's it about? Well, your Catholic background is coming through. Yeah. <laughs> oh, tell me. I have <laughs> we no call idea. it a communion meal. So at Thanksgiving time, we have a worship service where we will maybe read the proclamation that comes from the president. We, every year, the president gives a proclamation of Thanksgiving hmm. uh, for the bounty of our earth and gives thanks to God. So not many people know about that, but it is kind of a hidden proclamation that we may read and uh, celebrate, and then we'll have a communion meal. And there's often a reference during the communion meal that this is our opportunity as Christian people to give thanks. A little bit of bread, a little bit of wine, the communion meal is our Thanksgiving meal together. And again, it brings people together. That's what our communion meal is, as you say, the mass mm. is supposed to be. We bring everybody together, not just your relatives, but everybody is equal before God. And mm. it's our Thanksgiving meal prior to the Thursday where we have turkey. Right. And then in our little tradition, we have the guys of the church provide pies. And mm. It's been part of our tradition for 30 years. And it's funny how things get started and they just don't ever quit. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's fun, why? Yeah, yeah. We have fun. So I want to switch focus to more the Christmas season, which kind of starts the day after Thanksgiving, and mm -hmm. it's not Black Friday, <laughs> but the Christmas season seems to be a whole month of this. What I found most beautiful was when I more saw this, usually through some service that I went to, of a time of preparation. The candles are lit. It's a time to go inward. It's dark. It's a time to prepare for something like Mary was pregnant, preparing for the birth, and so on. Can you speak a little bit to this whole season of preparation and anticipation, and there's Advent, and how does this all connect together? Sure, sure. First of all, we have no idea what time of year Jesus was born. Mm. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, some people suspect it may have been in the springtime because mm -hmm. the shepherds were out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks. Mm. It may have been when the, the lambs were coming, and they were keeping watch at that time in the spring. But we chose to celebrate Jesus' birth in the time of year in the Northern Hemisphere where the days are shortest and the nights are longest as a way to celebrate Christ as a light in the midst of a world that is filled with shadows. Mm. And so we chose that time of year and we prepared ourselves for that coming of light in the midst of a dark world with a season called Advent. And that's the four-week period before Christmas where we 
have a simple worship service. We don't have a lot of Christmas songs during the season of Advent. We there's have, plenty on the radio. It's okay. There's plenty on the radio, so it overcomes anything <laughs> we do at church. So people are a little bit surprised when they come to church uh, during Advent. We'll have moments of silence. Mm. Uh, we'll have music that is more subdued. And we will have a focus on preparation of being ready for the coming of that which is good and great and kind and wonderful. And we often need that in the time of year where um, we could be overwhelmed by the shadows and the chaos of life. Mm -hmm. So that's Advent. And then Christmas comes. Christmas is 12 days long. It's not just one day. So Christmas lasts until January 6th. And that entire time is to be a celebration of God breaking into our world. So Christmas actually starts on Christmas Day. Correct. And so all of that before days. that isn't Christmas. Because a lot of people think that the day after Christmas is over. Yeah. <laughs> trees up to January 6th. In fact, in many Christian traditions, the actual celebration of the giving of gifts happens on January 6th. Mm. That's when we celebrate the quote, the wise men coming to visit Jesus with gifts. And that is very appropriate tradition to give gifts on that day, January mm -hmm. 6th, the 12th day of Christmas. Oh, I like that, the 12th days of Christmas. Yeah. yeah. That's it would also be a great way to take advantage of after Christmas sales. <laughs> oh, stop. You, you Thanksgiving denier. <laughs> I appeal to the listeners because we're, we do this podcast for a lot of people, but hopefully also the spiritual non-religious. And we just mm -hmm. had a podcast re uh, regarding that. It is kind of a nice time to visit or toe into different com church communities mm -hmm. because it tends to be a season where I, even when I was not with the church community, I would go and because there's a lot of silence, there's a lot of candlelight, there's a ritual there that you may be doing um, at home anyway mm -hmm. and may maybe doing it with community gives you a little bit of that connection like we were talking about people wanted the spiritual mm -hmm. non-religious community were doing these rituals but they felt a little lonely in them yeah and so it's a it seems to me a less preachy time of year a little bit more introspective and that might be appealing to folks is this a time of year when we see a lot of people we don't usually see around the church here at holy spirit yeah. in churches um, in general but yeah I, I think that's true people want to make a connection but you know, your comment about people want to toe in <laughs> to this holy time of year, this alternative time of year yes. to the routines it of life. It feels different. It, of course, it is different. And even if you're a completely secular person, there is a desire to kind of get outside the routines of life. It feels and mystical to, to yeah, me. Mm -hmm. for, for, all I think, for, I think, everyone, it, yeah. there's yeah. a special time of year. And we need that as human beings to not be just about the routines, the ordinary things of life, but to be engaged with something beyond ourselves. And I think that happens at the holidays. Yeah, and the darkness as a child. I, I just looking at the dark and the stars, and it's, I mean, it gets dark here in Seattle, what now, at 5 p.m.? It's pitch yeah. black. Yes. And you have so much time to just you're inside, and I stare out the window, and it felt so mystical. I felt a lot more connection to my spiritual side and like I said there's just a pulling there's sort of this pull in and out as well um, and it's just a great time to visit around and see what appeals to you because if the craziness of the mall and the shopping and all the catalogs that come to your door and the internet ads and all mm -hmm. of that are just not what you're looking for I suggest that you try out some different communities. 
it One makes of the things that we've tried to do as a family around gift giving is that in mixed in with the gifts that we give each other as family, we also share the things that we've given in the world. Alternative gifts, mm. gifts for um, nonprofits or gifts for the people who have less. And we'll write down what we've done and we'll actually open that during our Christmas gift opening time. Mm -hmm. And so we'll get a present from one of our church or one of our family members, and then we'll open, and this is a gift that we gave here. And it's become a very special time for us to celebrate alternative gifts mm -hmm. and not just gifts for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Not just Legos. <laughs> That's what's going to be at our house. A lot of Legos. <laughs> you were well, going to say something. What was it? I don't remember. You don't remember. But it is a, it's a big time for, for charitable giving. That's true. And I think yeah. it's a time when people feel called to try to make a difference in the world. And I don't know how much of that is because Christmas is this time of year and how much of it is tax what, season. <laughs> what you were talking about, too, though, about that, the nights being long and mm. feeling that call to something else. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to put Christmas and Jesus' birth right in the smack middle of the longest night longest of the church of the, of the year. year. Well, I want to bring it back a little bit to the Bible and talk because you said at the beginning, Hey, we don't know when Jesus is born. So what else about the, the story and maybe just recap the story for those people who I assume everyone knows it, but maybe, you know, not all the details. So if you could recap the Christmas story and then talk about what may or may not have, you know, where we're just filling in. And well, the new Testament has four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and only Matthew, and Luke referred to Jesus' birth. Hmm. So Luke has the main story that we're familiar with, and it's the story of uh, Mary and Joseph traveling from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. And in the story, it says that Mary is with child, and she goes to Nazareth. They can't find a place to stay, so they end up staying in an inn, um, the back of a barn. And there, Mary gives birth to Jesus. Um, there's a star in the sky that symbolizes Jesus' birth, and he begins life surrounded by the animals in the barn. And the point of the story, of course, was that um, our God chooses to be born into poverty, mm. and there is a connection with those who have less. Uh, we've turned it into something very sentimental, you know, the barn being sweet-smelling and the hay being right. wonderful. Mm. Be Not so... so. Mm. This is really really difficult. I mean, they are without shelter. They are homeless people. They are homeless. So God is born into a homeless camp. In, in Literally. Sense. Wow. And, and that shows God's priorities about um, a preference for the poor in some ways, that God is very concerned about those with less, less because God is born into that presence. So that's what we celebrate mm. uh, at Christmas is God with us in the, not just the darkest time of year, but in the midst of our poverty and with those who are wounded or hurting in our midst. So that's how Christmas gets started. We've turned it a little bit into a sentimental holiday. And to, Oh, yeah, the uh, lambs are yeah. smiling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, the angel's beautiful. And that's okay, too. I, I've given sermons on the nostalgia of Christmas. Mm. And there's something powerful and something, as you say, mystical and wonderful about the dream the way the life can be. And yes. I think that's at the center of the Christian message is, you know, why can't life be good and pure and kind and wonderful and the lamb smiling? It's positive. So 
in a, in a sense, I like nostalgia. Mm -hmm. I like sentimentality in some ways, but I'm also very realistic that there are people who really um, live in, a, in, a, in situations that are very, very difficult mm -hmm. and are not sentimental at all. So right. we combine both of those in our church. Uh, we honor the, the dream of nostalgia, but we also are realistic about the, the wounds people carry. Right. I want to talk a little bit about what you said, because it, it is a theme throughout this whole podcast and in a lot of your lectures about the dream of the lion laying with the lamb and where we are. And we all can see it. It's it's kind of, and that's what I feel like. I feel like this Christmas time is kind of the bridge, like that mysticism and that, you know, sometimes you can feel this powerful, at least I feel this energy at this time. And it it's a little bit of a bridge to this idea that we all can see, but we can't get there. Exactly. It's like, yeah. it's like grabbing at air. Yeah. That's, that's really the Christian message right there. And that's what motivates me to do what I do. It's not, getting people to adhere to a set of doctrines at all. It's getting people to embrace a dream, the way mm. the world can be. And Christmas nostalgia, Christmas sentimentality represents that. Um, so does what you quoted, the peaceful kingdom from Isaiah, where the lion lays down with the lamb. That's all a dream of what possibly could be. We all dream of such a world. I mean, even in a secular way, you go to Disneyland or Disney World. Yes. And you sing, you know, that crazy song, It's a Small oh, World After All. Well, I mean, regardless of the, the wonkiness of the music, <laughs> it, it's a dream. It is a small world. We are to yeah. be together. And there's a sense that, you know, we all have that kind of dream. And that's at the center of the Christian message, that that dream dream of Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. is true and it's real and it's more motivational than the opposite. It's more motivational than fear or greed mm. or anxiety. Um, and that's what we want to do is motivate our lives by the dream of leaning into that dream, which mm. is never fully fulfilled in this world, but we believe will be and is in the world to come. On that note, I want to ask the listeners what your experience of Christmas is. Mm -hmm. Do you feel a mysticism or are you just like checked out? Bye-bye. I don't want any part of this because that's also, or a lot of people feel a lot of pain mm -hmm. during this time, a lot of loss and how, you know, you maybe have your stories about how you move through this season. So if you're so inclined, you can write to us at challengingchristianitypodcast at gmail.com and share your story. We might be able to share it on the air or um, whatever comments that you have. Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening.